But why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual undertaking. I am actually. I, mean, I think nice. it's in an espresso glass. Yeah, so, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. I don't think I'm supposed to, but whatever. <laughs> nobody's nobody's here to tell me no. <laughs> so, you, um, just kind of switching gears real quick. Have you seen those videos of the American woman who has an Italian fiance? No. And she'll like hide her phone and then do something like um, break pasta in half uh, <laughs> while she's cooking it and see, like break spaghetti in half and then no, watch his reaction. That. He's just like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, That's funny. So... Yeah, I this um, Andrew sent that. Did you get a chance to read any of that uh, article Andrew sent? Andrew, wait, which one? Oh, Andrew, the uh, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, no, did wait? Did he just send it? He sent it probably about twenty minutes ago. To okay, no, I didn't. I yeah. didn't get a chance to see it. Oh, um, oh, Ross, was, that. yeah, my man. He's uh, Andrew suggested we do a podcast, podcast on, on that. Yeah, on the article. Let's on the article it. oh well do have you read it i've read through most of it i can i have a pretty good idea like i don't think we should do a podcast on it right now obviously. Oh, okay like man yeah. <laughs> yeah. but i think it's just kind of like launching into kind of this old like this topic of what came down and uh how it affects the american church oh no 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 no, no. yes i have read this i have read this oh article. you did yeah, I oh, have okay. read this article. My Orthodox friend sent this to me and said, this is going to get you this is a little crass. He's like, he's going to be very aroused in a Catholic sort of way. I'm like, okay, hold, hold on there. I'm not, I'm not a Catholic integrationalist. I'm like, yeah. I'm not a Benedict option Catholic. I'm not really sure what I am, right? Yeah. I'm some sort of like pseudo Hayekian with not so much individualism, <laughs> like distributist with great respect for capitalism. Yeah. Like, I don't really know where I am. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I think so many, like so many, of the, so many things that Catholics sometimes do when they try to do the political stuff is just so utter cringe. Right. Yeah. They're just kind of like, man, back in the 13th century when you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> holy shit. Like, can you just not, like, can we, can we just not, no, let's just not go there. Like, like I just like, that's the thing that I was thinking about it today when I went up to the hermitage of St. Francis, like, uh, people in the 13th century thought they were living in, like the worst of times. Right. Cause like they thought they were living in like, just like sh a shitty ass time where like yeah. the church wasn't free when the curia was filled with a bunch of pederasts. Like they thought it was awful. Like yeah. not everyone, but a lot of them. It's like, well, but St. Thomas Aquinas, it's like, yeah. And, and, and St. Thomas is, Thomas Aquinas is great. I'm not, I'm not going to rip on my own patron say, but it's like, but you wouldn't have read St. Thomas if you were living in the 1300s. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. First of all, no. Yeah. And on top of it, like there's an argument to be made that people saw Aquinas and a lot of the scholastics as modernists. Oh yeah. Because they're using Aristotle. Like, we're bringing Aristotle in for this. We got the Holy Rite writ of God. Like, right. no, I mean, from my understanding, Aquinas was not accepted until after his death, even as being kind of a commonly used mm -hmm. philosopher. I mean, I think he was respected. He was, accepted. he was respected and accepted, but that model of using like Aristotle, like yeah. it was not a widely accepted theory to use Aristotle and Aristotle's metaphysics and his philosophy and his right. natural science in conjunction with theology like that's really pushing the envelope um there to the point where like 
when you have the scandal of the eternal gospel in like uh, like 1255 with Gerard Borgia of San Domino, who's the one who says that Joachim of Fiora's writings constitute the third um, gospel or, some, or something, or the third group of okay. scripture for the third age. Um, William of St. Amour in Paris, because Gerard is a Franciscan, he uses this as just an absolute cudgel against the Dominicans and the Franciscans at Paris. He's, and this is 1255. This is still while Aquinas yeah. is alive. This is part of the reason why Aquinas doesn't really like Joachim is because right. Joachim, like, or Yo- people who promoted Joachim, like made the rest of the mendicants look like kind of jackasses in, at Paris. And it's like, right. no, like the end of the world isn't happening. And so <laughs> it's just, and so, so this, the secular masters, they hate the Franciscans and the Dominicans because they feel like the Franciscans and the Dominicans in the 13th century are pushing in and they're just like, screw these guys. Like we've finally yeah. got like, like this is a, maybe not the greatest comparison, but I'll make it. It's kind of like, the January 6th riot of the university of Paris. Like, look what, look what these mendicants have finally done. Right. Like they've, yeah. they've proposed having a new gospel. All right. And it's, it's used as a cudgel against, yeah. against the mendicants to lard them all in with, with Joachim. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. And so it's like, it's like, yeah, this is the best time. Like they didn't know that. I like, I really think Charles Dickens, a tale of two cities works well. It's like every single time, every single moment we've lived through is the best of times. And it's the worst of times. It's like, it's like yeah. that coach from AC Milan. Like yep. how are things going? Maybe it, maybe it okay. Maybe it kind of shit. Like it's kind of both <laughs> at the same time. It's like, it's, it's always going to be both. Um, but I don't know where we're, I was going, I was going with that. Um, we can talk more about the Franciscans, what I did today. Yeah. I would love to hear about it. So I was going to go to Spoleto. Mm-hmm. I'm in case you don't know, I'm in Italy right now. I was going to go to Spoleto um, just because it was on the train line. A train ticket was only like four euro to get there. So I was like, why not? It's an old medieval city. I'll walk around there, but it was raining today. Um, so instead, I decided to go up to the Hermitage of St. Francis, which is up in the mountains by Assisi. Mm-hmm. And it's about a one hour walk um, through on the road. So it ended up being about an hour uphill. Um, but it was raining. It wasn't raining. It wasn't raining yet. It was going to rain, but it was just really foggy. So I couldn't really see anything before in front of me or really behind me worried about getting hit by cars. Cause the Italians drive like, like friggin' maniacs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they don't know what sedans are either. It's always hatchbacks. Um, right. I'm like this weird Renault company or something. I'm like, what is this? Renault. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Renault. This is this un-American BS. Like, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> um, they, they, they used to race in formula one. But, oh really? Uh, yeah, but the team was bought out by a uh, by another French company. But yeah, so yeah, Renault. That's it. I mean, Renault is huge around the world. It's just yeah. not in the U.S. Yeah, that's so no, weird no. that they haven't tapped into that market yet. Yeah, French are just yeah. like get none of our cars. <laughs> um, anyway, so I made it up there, um, and it's like I see why Saint Francis would go up there to like get away from everything for a while, you know, from the, uh, you know, living life in the fast lane and Assisi in the 13th century. Um, yeah. So and it's just, it's on the side of a mountain and it's just, it's incredibly peaceful. Um, and so I was able to walk up there um, and they essentially built it kind of on the side of a cliff. Um, and so there's this little tiny grotto that St. Francis used to go into um, that he would sit there and he'd pray for, for days or weeks or something. And so I just kind of sat there for a while, sitting there praying, being like, St. Francis, 
you got to do something about your namesake pope (laughs) you got to do something here (laughs) like we this 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 is this is this is unacceptable (laughs) we gotta we gotta we gotta get something set up um but no it was just it was very peaceful and then the grounds around it have all kind of been turned into there's a bunch of trails but it's a bunch Mm -hmm. of trails that have all been made it's like it's like a i wouldn't say it's a dog park but it's like a spiritual park because there's crosses everywhere. There's outdoor altars everywhere. And there's, um, you know, there's, there's just the different little stations you can go to. So it's like, it's really peaceful and it was nice. Cause yeah. it was also kind of cool. It was like kind of misty humidity was high. It was raining every once in a while. Um, I was just walking around there, especially praying about what just happened with the modem proprio from with Pope Francis. Um, and I was just really thinking that like, St. Francis, in a way, is, I think, and I just think about this more, it's like St. Francis is, is probably really the ideal saint for the time we're living in, in, in two very specific ways. Um, one is that he's got, St. Francis has just this hardcore, like, apostolic joy. Like that's, yeah. that's, and that's the thing a lot of people know about him, right? Well, it, you know, like people think that like, not Pope Francis, St. Francis was just like, you know, birds and wolves yeah. and like animals and preaching birds. And it's like some of that. And then most, most of the stuff, like, especially like the wolf of Gubbio, like, sorry, that never happened. Um, yeah. That's Gubbio wanting a good story about St. Francis um, or the preaching of the birds. Like I'm doubtful whether that ever happened, but there's a certain appreciation for all of nature that was certainly present in St. Francis's theology and his, well, I wouldn't even call it theology because it's not really his spirituality. Yeah. And that's all there. Right. And there's just this, 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 energized apostolic love of like following as as well as as like hardcore and as like as as much as possible you know the love the love of christ um and then part of the thing that like people really don't know though about saint francis but you see this in a lot of his own writings and about early writings that the franciscans made of him ahead of him like like the generation after he died he was hardcore into right liturgy yeah. He was hardcore into it and the, to the point where um, St. Francis would get upset with priests if they were using corporals and purificators that were stained and that weren't washed. And we yeah. think in the terms of like, oh, yeah, just toss in the washer, you know, set it on like, you know, clean cycle. Like, no, that takes effort and time. And you got to yeah. think priests are reusing corporals and they're reusing purificators. And it's not yeah. just like toss in the bin and we'll just, you know, someone will just wash it real quick. Like, no, it's, it takes time and effort and like, so St. Francis was never a priest. There's arguments yeah. as to whether or not he was a deacon. He might've been a deacon. If he was a deacon, that was the highest order he ever got to. Right. Um, but no, St. Francis. Never married though, right? No, never married. Obviously never married. Um, anyone who tries to make the whole thing with him and Claire is just stupid. Cause Claire outlives, yeah. Claire outlives yeah. him by like 30 years or something. So like yeah. she was definitely inspired by him, but it, it comes from people who have no idea of how you can be inspired by someone spiritually of the opposite <laughs> sex and not also like, have a sexual tension thing going on like it's just like it's it's that's the bias where it's like oh wait, oh you you like you're interested in someone it's gonna be because you want to get in their pants like no it's not that's not how it works um that's the secular bias right there um but anyway so but like you know saint francis is really 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 like down to earth about the liturgy like it's got to be done correctly he's the eucharist plays a huge part in his spirituality yeah. Um, and it's something that people just don't always realize about St. Francis. 
And this was Augustine Thompson's book on St. Francis, which was so informative for me. It was like, my gosh, St. Francis would be having like a conniption fit with like some of some Novus Ordo parishes, right? They're like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, this is utterly yeah. insane. Like, you're crazy. And which is yeah. so funny with the stereotype we have of St. Francis, right? Where oh, yeah. Francis would probably like excommunicate you if you like littered or didn't recycle or something. <laughs> like that's that's well, the idea you ha- deal you have of him. So I, I mean, so I, I was actually having this conversation with a non-Catholic who was kind of asking me about um, what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and we were having a good conversation. And I I brought up St. Francis as an example of a way to change a church from within the inside mm. or to create a movement, yeah. a, sp- a, a space for spirit, spiritually minded people to be in mm-hmm. that's separate from the ecclesiastical hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not necessarily I, up in the same kind of Leviathan. Right. Exactly. Have. Yeah. And so what we, what I said was like a lot of people, associate like you said francis with kind of like talking to birds kind of hippie like yeah you know walking barefoot but the guy was like he had a very monastic and severe way of living yeah and he was inspired by christ mm-hmm. it wasn't that he was like mo- like mother earth guy no he was a like a devout catholic in like every sense of the word yep like he it was um so i i think when we look at Francis, I think you're absolutely right that he is the perfect example of a, of a, of a saint for our time yep. that we can look to as an inspiration for how, how we can be, you know, how people say, you know, be in the world, but not of it. Yeah, um, very much so. Yeah. And, you know, the, the church should be that way, but some, I, I don't know. I, so Thomas, like when we were talking about this in the chat and I, mm-hmm. I read the letter a couple of different times and I think, you know, was it the letter or the modem proprio? Oh, the modem proprio. I read, okay. the, I, I read that because there times. was two parts to it. Just that's good to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I read the, the, so the part that I'm thinking of is, you know, there's a paragraph where Pope Francis goes into like, you know, bishops need to take care to not allow abuses of the liturgy to happen in, in, that is somehow supposed to be a bone thrown to, you know, the traditional mass crowd. Yeah. Like he's standing up for us in this. Regard. Yeah. But, we, we, you know, we know that sometimes priests don't ex- kind of like take liberties with the liturgy and maybe you mean commit, like, good. You know. mean commit sacrilege. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, that's where I'm kind of like, look, you know, I understand that you're the concern about, Descent in the ranks over Vatican II. Like, you know, that's, but what, like this, and what I said in the chat, and I want to get your kind of opinion on it, because, mm-hmm. you know, one of our friends said, you know, we, we need to love the church, which that's not a false statement, but we also are called to love God. Mm-hmm. And this idea of unity above all else seems to be a, logical fallacy in my opinion, or it's like a false dichotomy in my opinion. Like where we, like it's what father, um, was that father Hendershot who said mm-hmm. the West seems to find its no, no, unity. No, this is father Richard. This is father Richard. Father Richard. Father Richard. He, he said the West right. seems yeah. to find its unity and conformity. And it's like, well, why, why does it 
have to be conformity. Why, why does it have to be conformity? Why is it that, you know, like, mm-hmm. what doesn't make sense to me is this. This is, a, this is a political move. It's not liturgical. Because if you wanted unity, you would find one language and one liturgy for the entire world. Mm-hmm. But they haven't suppressed in the U.S. They're Spanish masses, Filipino masses. Language, the mass will be said in every language mm-hmm. except for Latin. Yeah. The one language that unites us. Yep. And so it's not about unity. It's about the political, the quote unquote political movement that they're afraid of that goes to the Latin mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not the Latin. It's not the liturgy. It's the people who go to the Latin mass. Yeah. Peter's having his libertarian moment, his Nick Gillespie, like, uh, why should the curia how dictate how uh, I experience the transcendent? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, because like this is the this is the when you think about unity, like I've been going to masses now in Italian for like, I don't know, three weeks now, two and a half weeks. Yeah. And there's unfortunately no Latin masses here in Assisi. Um oh, wow. There's, there, there were traditional Ambrosian Rite masses in Milan, but I didn't have the chance because I was only there for like half a week. So I just went to yeah. the regular Ambrosian Rite, which was almost sim- very similar to the Latin Rite. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to go, you know, I'm going to go to Rome in like a week or so, or not a week, two or two weeks or so. I'm going to be there for a yeah. week. And I was thinking to myself like, man, it's going to be good to find me a Latin mass and to finally go and worship like worship, in a like, language, yeah. in a language that I like, understand right like like that i can easily chant and and sing along and i'm not completely lost like i was really looking forward to that i was really looking forward like this is the ironic thing i was really looking forward to going back to a mass that i understood that's what i was looking forward to but no i got to keep on going to italian masses where they say padre instead instead of pater and it's like it throws you off especially when you know the latin it just Right. First, first so, Latin problems here. Have the, has the Roman diet, archdiocese, have they put the kibosh on all Latin masses? Who knows? So this is going to, yeah. this is what's going to be interesting is what is, what is Pope Francis going to do in his own diocese? Right. Because we forget many times we forget that yep. you know, Rome is his diocese. Yep. So is there going to be a Latin mass available to me in, in, in Rome when I get there? I don't know. Are, are, is the fraternity going to lose their parish in Rome? Who like, knows? Yeah. Like, are they going to kick them out? I mean, it's. I'm. So the thing, the thing that like, there's a, there's a lot of things that could, could potentially get you upset about the modem proprio, but the yeah, thing yeah. that in the here and now has me the most upset and the most angry and the most uh, chances of not engaging in charity. And we should probably just say like a whole rosary at the end of this episode for like all the complaints we've had. But the fact that Pope Francis put his degree decree into effect now, like at the moment of promulgation, boom, done. That's it. It's like you put this into effect on a Friday morning, a Friday in Italy, which is already like mid afternoon in, in Asia. Yeah. It's morning. So maybe everyone in the U S has a little bit more time to do something with it. But you're not a Friday. And you're putting it into effect now. And I find it, I find it almost inconceivable 
that nobody thought to themselves, hey, wait a minute, this goes into effect now on a Friday. Uh, that means they have a Saturday to try to contact the chancellery office of the bishopric that they're in uh, because they have mass on Sunday. Like, I can't, I, I, I find it almost impossible to believe that nobody thought in their minds from Pope Francis to whatever secretary was writing it down that they're like, maybe if we're going to do something that will immediately impact a Sunday mass, we should do this at least on a Monday or yeah. even better yet, promulgate it now and say it goes into effect on like August 1st. Yes. Because that gives everyone like two weeks to figure out what the hell is going on. Because right now, what most bishoprics are doing, I know my bishopric came out with it and just, just said, like, we're everything's in place for this Sunday. So yeah. it's first and foremost, almost pointless that he, for most dioceses or dioceses that like had their head screwed on straight, we're like, okay, we're, yeah. we, we're not going to make a decision on this like right now, obviously, because yeah. that gives us like, what, less than 48 hours to make a decision whether like, you know, hundreds and or maybe thousands of people can go to mass and worship in this form right like okay well this is that's bullshit to begin with like so we we will like everyone just do what you're doing and we'll figure this out later like unbelievable just a lack of pastoral care in how this was rolled out even if you think this was the right reason thing to do which you know a lot of you know libs do it's uncharitable to your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to think that this thing was rolled out in a correct pastoral way that wasn't going to cause undue angst on a large amount of Catholics suddenly wondering on a Friday afternoon, whether, okay, wait a minute, we got like this afternoon, contact the Bishop's office, like before five o'clock, see if they respond like over a Saturday, if we can go to mass, like on a Sunday, like nobody should have to go through that. Yep. In that amount of time. And that for me signals that there's just, again, I don't want to go and start like, like torching everything and just like saying, Oh, Pope Francis doesn't care about us or something, but like that not understanding and not taking that into consideration shows a lack of empathy. It shows a right. real sincere yeah. lack of empathy. And that's yeah, what, that's what gets my blood boiling. Not so much, even the more appropriate, like parts of it do, but like that specifically of how it was rolled out, get me really upset. The, uh, I mean, that's strategic. I mean, the, uh, uh, what was it? I think the, is it the NFL? I think the NFL is famous for doing this as well, where they will drop like a bunch of like updates on a Friday afternoon so that their offices are closed and they, they're, they've got two days bef- not to answer questions, um, essentially. Yeah. So dropping stuff like that, dropping like bombshell news on a Friday is a way for them to cover themselves so that they don't have, they can say they're off for the weekend and they don't, they get two days to talk it and talk it over. Um, You're not dealing with a billion dollar industry. You're dealing with people's infinite souls. Exactly. Know the difference. Yep. Um, so you're totally right. I, I have not seen, I, so Arlington put out a statement saying, you know, everyone continue as is wait for their instruction. Richmond hasn't put out anything. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think that it, there is a, 
And like the part about the from the from the uh, from the document that said that bishops need to like do an investigation of Latin mass parishes that to make sure that there's not anti-Vatican II sentiment at the parish. Yeah. Those are the press. Those those are the pressing issues, pressing like, issues of our day. Well, and what's the concerning small, Thomas small, is that small percentage of all that's like that's the main issue facing the church these days is a small, small percentage of jackasses who like are, you know are loud mouths about well Vatican tell. and you're like okay great you're a jackass shut up yeah yeah no, well, what attempt, what's kind of scary Thomas is that this is an attempt to conform people's wills to something that is like it's an attempt to take away human agency or control human. Mm-hmm. The term, like free agency it's like you want people to act a certain way and think a certain way so you're going to punish them by taking away something that is like number one on their list of things that they hold dear yeah i like like what's concerning to me about this is that when the church abrogates or forbids or or says something is you know forbidden it's usually <laughs> something verboten. It's there's usually a moral issue at play. Mm-hmm. It's usually something like talking like my entire life. I've never felt like the church saying, you know, no extramarital relations, no drugs, no, you know, mm-hmm. respect your parents. I've never, I mean, I've never felt like it was an attempt to control my life. I've always viewed it as a framework for me to grow closer to God. Yeah. It's never been like, oh, we're taking away your agency because we like to control things. It's no, this is a theological philosophy almost essentially. Yeah. This is what has been handed down through the generations of the best way to live a life. This is the way, according to like the natural law that for the most human flourishing. Like it may exactly. seem that in the moment you may have to like give up a temporal good for yep. an elongated better framework. Exactly. With this, there's nothing evil about the Latin mass. Not a single thing Mm-mm. is immoral about it. In fact, it's actually like a part of like some of the most good that's within the church's wealth. Yeah. Is the traditional Latin mass. And to abrogate it. To attempt to control people and how they think is kind. It, it's ter- like I'm trying, like you said, trying to be charitable. Yeah, but I'm not saying that anybody is a tyrant. But it, if it is an action that is almost tyrannical in a way that they are not liking the way that people are thinking, mm-hmm. so they are going to punish them and abrogate something that really isn't immoral. So that's what makes me concerned about the order, because when you have like. Like there's, it's okay. So when you, when the church tries to analyze, let's say uh, somebody who claims to have had a vision or, or an mm-hmm. aberration, right. Mm-hmm. And the person says, but the person says something that is against the natural law mm-hmm. or is against the church's teaching. The church is like, no, nah, no, this guy is either visited by an unclean or a demon or they're crazy. Like don't listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about father Martin's Twitter feed or? <laughs> I don't think he claims uh, uh, the, the he uh, inspiration. Yeah, no, we got to say um, we got to say okay, we got to say a prayer for him. Yeah. <laughs> that was a golf. Absolutely, so, but <laughs> maybe the, two. <laughs> but the but with this, it's like okay, the church 
yes, they have the temporal authority to kind of, you know, do these things. They're the managers of all this. But to create an abrogation of a of a good that has a very large, like natural um, devotion mm-hmm. around the world, yep. doesn't seem to make any sense in the larger scheme of the Catholic Church. No, nope. like it's like so. That's why I'm like that's really at the heart of like, I was thinking about it. I was reducing it. Like, why does this feel like other than like, you know, releasing it on a Friday, all that stuff, but at the heart of it, it is abrogating a good in an attempt to influence how people think. Yeah. And to try and control a, a movement of people that the Vatican has deemed to be problematic, but they're not heretical. No, not her- there's no not heretical. Well, it's, it's the fear that they could be heretical where it's like, which is laughable because it's, you know, like, yes, you, if you go to Latin mass parish, there always will be those two or three people be like, and I'll, wah, wah, wah. you know, like, okay, like, excuse me. I, I need to go back and get my tinfoil hat for the rest of this conversation. Right. And that's not true, but it's like, you go to a Nova Soto parish and I'm sure you'll find someone who's just like, well, you know, birth control isn't really wrong. And like, well, yeah. this was that 50%. Well, exactly. Was that like what? 50% of you or something like, yeah, it, it's, it's so, just, it's such a, like the focus, the magnitude of focus on like yeah. these idiots who do exist in the Latin mass community is so disproportionate. It's yeah. so disproportionate. It is. And I would, and to act as if, the Second Vatican Council, in the way it was implemented, is without error. Error. Yeah, just like about. What you, yeah, right, like really had some clown masses going on. What are you guys right. mad about? Come on, man. Yeah, it's like, what are you guys mad about? Like the church, you know, yeah. we've only had clown. We've only had sacrileges in a lot of parishes. We've only had mismanagement. We've only had you know embezzlement of money. We've only had like a laundry list of things. And then they're like, why are you guys? Like suspicious of the Second Vatican Council, it's like, yeah, just like putting. It's like, yeah, does the church as or, the or not the Second Vatican Council per se, but the way it was implemented, to the implementation more specific, yeah, right, the implementation of it. And so, while the church and the Pope had the authority to call and to teach, the people that were then instructed to go out and implement this probably were not, in many cases, at least mm. in the United States, were not best equipped to do it. Nope. And it was exactly, and they are, and that's and like it. It's a little disingenuous too to assume that people like go to the Latin Mass because, as as a negative, like they're like, oh, I don't like you, so I'm going to Latin Mass instead of it being a positive, saying I like the Latin Mass and that's why I go to it. Yeah, I think that like the, it's they've created this like narrative where it's like, oh, they, you know, they don't like the Pope. They don't like the Second Vatican yeah. Council. That's why they go to Latin Mass. It's like, well, mm-hmm. no, they, they like Latin Mass because it is before its own merits. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they're going. Yes. And so I think you've hit on a really important point that I think shows how out of touch Pope Francis is and how out of touch whoever he's talking to is as well. Yeah. Um, I, I still have to look this up, so take this with a grain of salt, but he met Pope Francis mentions in this let, letter that he surveyed all the bishops. Um, yeah. And I heard from someone and I still have to look this up and find this article and deem it. So I'll toss it out there as gospel truth right now. But apparently, apparently only 30% of the bishops responded. <laughs> it's not exactly getting the wide. That's not, a survey. That's, not yeah. a survey. that's, 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 that's like, that's like a, that's like a student eval. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a student eval level of, of getting responses. Um, so no, but, that's I a good, but I think you're hitting, but I think you're hitting the, the thing on the head is that yeah. if you go, most parishes that have a Latin mass, yeah. like they don't have it during the week. They won't have exactly. it like Monday through Friday for daily yeah. mass, right? They'll have your regular basic Novus Ordo. And at, at least I know in my case, when I go to my parish, right, either if it's at the university where they have mass or if it's at the parish itself that has a Latin mass, you go there and you're like, okay, that person, that person goes to Latin mass, that person goes to Latin mass, yeah, that person goes to Latin mass. It's not everyone, but it's a lot yeah. of them. It's a lot of them. Yeah. And so you realize that it's not so much an attachment to the Latin mass yep. that a lot of people who go to the Latin mass now have, it's not like, cause like when you think of like people who are attached to Latin mass, like those people, most of those people are actually dead. And most of those people are, are dead or close to being dead. Yes. Right? Because Vatican II happened like 60, that's six, yeah, not, it's not just 60 years ago. Um, uh, now it's like, yeah. like 80 years ago at this point, when you think about it, which is, which is much, much, much further. Most of the people who are attached to the Latin mass are dead. As, as mass, a, yes. Like it was mass. part of their childhood. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Most of yeah. those people are dead who can yeah. actually remember it or they're older or they don't yes. give a shit. Right. Yes. And they're like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Latin, that sucked. The people yeah. who go to the Latin mass, go to the Latin mass, not because they love the Latin mass, but because they love the mass. Yes. Exactly. And they think yes. that the Latin mass is the, best expression the most reverent the most way of exalting like the most high yep and then what do they do during the week they go to mass yes and you would they were they probably deep down be like i wish it was a latin mass but they're still going to mass they're not sitting there being like oh this is bullshit this is no sitting out here you like no they're going there because it's the mass and it flows yep. from the fact that they love the latin mass and because they love the mass this exactly is the thing right. that, that the Pope is not getting or whoever, whatever curial stuffed cassocks. Well, they're not cassocks because they don't wear cassocks stuffed polo shirts that are in the Vatican right now. Don't effing get is that a lot. Again, there are dipshits out there, right? Yeah, sure. Of course. A lot of them are going to there. They make up the daily mass attendance. Why? It's because they like who did, what is it you win to play the game you go to love the mass okay yes. like that's yeah. what you do and so this is the thing like it's so out of touch it's so completely out of touch and like nah i'm just i'm just losing it like it's no. that analogy is that analogy i gave to when we were talking last night where it's like you got like you've got like parishes diocese and to some extent also religious orders like have you ever scrolled through like the novitiate for like the um east coast dominicans like freaking takes you a while looks like a reddit like comment section okay you're like scrolling 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 am i gonna get to the end of this it's like okay more more like how many of you are there right so you've got these groups of 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 diocese parishes and and orders that are like chick-fil-a yeah and then you got a bunch on the other hand that are like hardy's and just like kind of a, like audience, yeah. like help out the audience, right? Hardee's is is and continues to be to some extent a fast food restaurant where you can right. get a you can get a char char burger or something, which sounds like why don't you just eat a piece of leather at that point? <laughs> um, but anyway, but like, and you've got these two parts of the Catholic Church and management, like of the conglomerate, keeps on saying, well, I don't know. I mean, Hardee's seems to be doing pretty good. 
just keep yeah. on picking that model. And you're like, yeah, you know, but why? Because Jake, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not Jake, John Tron said, but, 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 but why? why? But why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, is it, it's true that a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it true that the Dominicans have their own right of the sorts? They do, like, and it's not affected by this. <laughs> yep. And I'm sure the Ambrosians aren't either. Um, that's the weird thing about the Ambrosians is I looked it up because I was curious about it. Is um, The Ambrosian right when I went to it was actually very, very, very similar uh, to the Novus Ordo. Um, and apparently you can find um, traditional Ambrosian right. So the Ambrosian right, I guess, didn't want to get like... I don't know what the story is. I'm curious what it is. And I, yeah. if I ever have an extended time in Milan, I want to look it up. Um, but apparently it looked like they updated their liturgy as well. So they weren't the fuddy duddies who, cause I've seen videos of a traditional Ambrosian right mass and it like looked very similar to a Tridentine mass. Yeah. Um, so they've, up, they've updated it, but yeah, technically yeah. this does not impact um the old like the old rights yeah. yeah so like i'm gonna maybe i'll go a little bit crazy here but like the roots of this peter are like go back to like the 500s when yeah. when when gregory the great suppressed all the other rights within within the roman jurisdiction and left only yeah. ambrosian right you know like if we had a gallican right and a britannian right and a hibernian right and a germanian right and i'm a Hispanian, right? Uh, maybe yeah. things would be better. Maybe we'd be a little more Byzantine-esque and we wouldn't have such a focus on conformity anymore. Maybe maybe yeah. things started going wrong in the 500s. I don't know. This is just a historian's perspective. <laughs> you know, I, I well, I if you were to follow that thread of history, I think you can make that argument um, that, there, that that could, I mean, I think it, it's an interesting thought because, yeah. I mean, I like you don't want there to be abuses in any of the rights like you don't want there to be them to start saying things that like within like like you want the consecration to be the consecration you don't want them to be adding things that are odd um but see that's that what is again they're not saying the latin mass is invalid because it doesn't have a proper consecration or it doesn't have Mm -hmm. um like it doesn't like the form is incorrect. So we have to abrogate it. Mm-hmm. No, they, they don't like the people that go to yeah. Latin. We're worried that some of the people might, yeah. might deny Vatican too. Right. It's not, oh, the Latin masses, you know, it's not an, a valid form of worship. No, it's, yep. no, it's, a, it's, it's, a poli- it, and that's political. It's yep. political. It's like, yep. why? And I just don't know what to, I mean, I just pray that my Bishop is, you know, like just you know recognizes the good that's going on in my parish and is like yeah you guys keep doing what you're doing you mm-hmm. guys aren't causing problems but but what my concern is and we i brought this up it's like you know okay you feel good in your traditional diocese but if your bishop is asked to resign or you know god forbid something happens to him yeah. and he gets replaced by somebody who's you know yeah. a real hardliner it's done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's the first thing a new guy yeah. is going to do. Yep. yep. Um, exactly. And yeah, that's the fear, right? Is yep. like, cause I saw there are some guys were on a group chat uh, for our parish and he was going through the mode proprio and saying, well, yeah, we feel this, we fit this requirement. We fit this requirement. We fit this way. It's like, yep. 
who cares? Like literally, I'm like, not to be too cynical about this, but literally who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. We could, from our perspective, fit all of these, right? We don't deny Vatican II. Uh, We prefer this, but you know what? If the Bishop just thinks it's bullshit, it's done. He can find an excuse to to just get rid of it. Well, what I think is he can find one guy, one vocal guy in your parish. Yep. One vocal guy in your parish who is wrote, wrote some blog or harassed him on Twitter or something or or harassed him on Twitter about Vatican II. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then he could just shut her. That's it. And he'd be like, that's enough. And that's it. And um, now would that be the wise thing to do? Obviously not. But if he's, there seems to be a group who seem to be chomping at the bit to get rid of this. Yep. And see, we going. I, I remember what I was thinking about earlier when you mentioned the survey. Mm-hmm. You know, since when is policy dictated by, or, I mean, like when you're developing a product, mm-hmm. you want to survey your customers. Mm-hmm. When you're setting policy for the salvation of souls, why are you doing a survey? Why aren't you calling a, a, a like a minor council? Or, I mean, I don't know what the correct term, why, why aren't you calling synod a or something? summit, like a synod? Yeah. Like, why aren't you calling a synod of the, of all the bishops conferences and being like, talk to me, what's happening? And yeah, why, why are you only taking the word of like, if that's true, 30% of the bishops being like, you know, that's enough. Like, yep. I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Yep. Um, I don't either. Um, it's just, I mean, but like the, the thing, like the thing that just shows me again, the thing that keeps on striking me about the modem proprio and then the letter was just out of touch. Um, bad Intel either from Pope Francis, not caring or from him getting bad intelligence from certain maybe clerics in the, um, in the United States. Um, because part of me, like really, maybe this is my American American centric, uh, view of things but like so much of it did feel a little bit focused on the american yeah. catholic church because oh, yeah. you know there's a strong traditionalist movement here um okay. in, in the in the u.s um and there's a large group of people who prefer the tra- traditional latin mass yep. um uh, but yeah like I, i'm not sure where i was going with that exactly um but yeah just like it, it just seemed like there was this focus on no, like we, we really need to go after, the, you know, the Latin mass community in the, in the U.S. Yep. here. So, well, and I don't know. there's no doubt that the Francis pontificate has been very acrimonious. The relationship between the U.S. Bishops Conference and the Francis, yep. Francis pontificate mm-hmm. has been very acrimonious. They very. Not, they, like Francis has a deep suspicion of the U.S. church. I mean, I'm not quite sure why we're not the church that's about to go into schism. So I don't don't quite know what, what his deal is. Like the American church, we do have some shitty bloggers and and people on YouTube who, who kind of shit on the Pope, but like, we're not exactly going to like, yeah, yeah, that's dumb. Don't tell me that that doesn't exist in other places. Yeah. Like (laughs) you can, and there's also this beautiful thing on Twitter and YouTube called the mute button. I mean, like, I'd like to like, is there a mute button for a Bishop's conference? No, like this yeah. is like click. Don't have to worry about this. Like the yep. Ger- <clears throat> well, maybe the Germans wasn't referring to them directly, but maybe potentially them. Yeah. Um, so no, you got to worry about the, yeah. the shit posters on Twitter. Like yeah, like you're. Yeah, I. This is uh, with all the stuff that's going on, and the the fact that the U.S. Church, especially in traditional. Dioceses and parishes produce more vocations, provide more money, 
provide families that are like do, trying to do the right thing by using natural yep. family planning. Exactly. And they're, um, you know, they're trying to stick to the rules. Why would you take away the source and summit of that grace that they are using to get to heaven and to stay faithful to the church? Why because would you take that away? Have you ever seen the line at Hardy's? <laughs> like this is, this is literally, no, no I, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> agreeing with you. Yeah. But have you ever seen those people lining up around the blocks for Hardee's for that charburger? Like yeah. this is the complete dumbassery of the whole thing. Yep. Right. Like, again, it was like, the, it was a semi joke, but it was, there's still a grain of truth to it. When we were talking like last night, where it's just like, imagine you're an atheist. Imagine you want to like get yeah. people to waste their time dealing with this nonsense religion stuff. Yeah. And you, you know, snuck your way through, seminary to the priesthood and you like you know busted it to, to become a bishop yep. what would you do and how would you run your parish and your diocese yeah. to get most people to waste their time on catholicism yep. you wouldn't do it the way like a lot of dioceses are doing it or the way that a lot of people that francis has surrounded himself with are doing it yep. you would do it with like strickland in texas that's what yeah. that's how you would do it if you were like just completely pragmatic and didn't give a crap and you were just yep. like you know what if you were vestments are cool yep. vestments are cool liturgy is cool it's got a cool history flying spaghetti monster isn't real but whatever you know this is cool I'd like to run a really like I just like just for the sake of it I just would like to run a really good diocese yeah. you wouldn't do it the way a lot of bishops are doing it nope it just that's the thing that gets me it's like it, it gets me too it gets me too and. What gets me about a lot of these dioceses is that there's this seems to be this desire to be, uh, I mean, on the one hand, you want to try and uh, save souls. So people who are outside the church, you want to bring them in. But people aren't going to come into the church when you are constantly um, like uh, compromising on the things that make you Catholic. Yeah. Like, why would anyone become Catholic if, if like, your leader is like, yeah, you know, who cares? Like, you know, yeah, you know, so yeah, good. you know, there's and I. That's why God created Episcopalians. Yeah, well, that's what that's what's driving me crazy. I think we're just headed right for that cliff of Episcopalianism, which, you know, <laughs> at least they held on to their choral tradition for the most part. So they at least have like nice music. But see, they got rid of a lot of the theology, but like they held on to the liturgy for the most, like you can at least go to like kind of a really nice liturgy with some really good music. Really? I, I've never, I've never been, I'm kind of curious. Oh, the, I mean, the Episcopalians, church. if you go to like a, a, what they call like high Episcopalian or high church Episcopalianism, uh-huh. like their choral tradition and all the music and like the vestments and stuff, they, they take that all very seriously, but that's what it's all about. It's all about the tradition for them. Um, but on eagle's wings, uh, have you ever <laughs> have you ever experienced the pure bliss of on eagle's wings? <laughs> and you ray, <laughs> no, yes. please, we're gonna get demonetized. <laughs> we, we were monetized in the first place. <laughs> Lucky us. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, gosh, but no. that's the thing that, that that's the thing that just like drives me up the wall. Is again, like mass attendance is falling. Yeah. Right. Pandemic. There's plenty of people I know who only went back to mass after the the restrict not the restrictions the um, exemption was lifted by our bishop. Yeah. 
I know a lot of people who did that. And it's like, dude, like you, you go to the grocery store, see your friends, you're going to be fine. Go to mass. Like, just, just, just do it. Um, but like TLM parishes and parishes that had traditional Latin mass or just more traditionally oriented, they were doing fine. Yes. Like, and again, I'm not trying to make this all pragmatic, but just like, as like, kind of like, like an argument of last resort, like, do you yeah. want people to believe in your thing and be a- attracted and attached to your thing? Or do you not want them to be attached to your thing? Exactly. Like yeah. regardless of what the thing is, like, yes. let's just say it's a thing. How do you yeah. like, let's look at where people are attracted to the thing and where people are not attracted to the thing. And let's go with the area in which people are attracted to the thing. It's exactly. literally and, that simple. And I'm not going to argue that every parish has to have a Latin mass. Because I think that there are definitely cultures and definitely areas that have moved away from it and they've got their thing going. And, you know, I think it's, it wouldn't be wise to attempt to make that, to force that change, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if you have parishes who like, that's what their thing is. Like, why would you put them through this? Why? Yeah. Like, why? Why? Like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like, and also Thomas, like, I've had this conversation with, he's a former Episcopalian mm-hmm. and he's now kind of whatever he doesn't, he says, I don't know what I am, but so he's not really anything, but I've been he's having like a lot of logical people. progression from being an Episcopalian. <laughs> right, exactly. So but we, <laughs> still like music, but I just like everything else is like, but why? But why? And so I had this conversation with him and I said, you know, all the stuff that's going on. I said, if the mass isn't like an ancient right and the eucharist isn't the true presence of christ and the priesthood isn't the priesthood that's descended from the apostles that is based on the levitical order mm-hmm. if all these things aren't if we don't take those things seriously then what is all this about yeah why are like like either it is or it isn't and if it is let's treat it like like it's true and like actually do the thing if it's not, then why are we like, I don't want to seem like I'm like, I'm not jaded, but it's like, why are we wasting our time? Like, yeah. why would you waste your time? Like masquerading and pretending to do something when you could be doing, when you could be playing golf. Right. Like <laughs> that's a good point. Instead of waking like, up early to like lug your yeah. kids to mass, you know, yes. like make sure they're dressed, make sure they don't kill another yep. kid in the pew, you know, yep. like every other like random little BS thing that comes up. Like I yeah. imagine it, as you oh, as yeah. a parent, it's very like, stressful having to deal it's, with. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. We're not like, well, like, oh, oh, yeah. like oh, I mean, well, it's I, all kind of, it's everything's kind of good. So <laughs> whatever. You're like, oh, okay. Well, thanks for the encouragement, dude. Like, yeah. No, I, you know, you put up with all that stuff because it is the source and summit of the graces that get you through the rest of the week. Yeah. And so you can worship God. Yeah. The, you know, like it's like your creator. It's not, I, I'm not going for a free show. I'm not going to go watch a play. I'm not going here for a concert. If I did that, I'd go to the Episcopalians. Like, yeah. Like the music's not that good. I wouldn't like, if I wanted to go to a concert, I'd go like go to a rock concert or something or a jazz concert. He might like, feel more like transcendent there. Yeah. What the heck's up, Denny's? So like, that's like, yeah. so that was my comment to him. I'm like, if this isn't, if we're not going to treat it like it's real, then what is this all about? Why do people feel the need to water it down and change it? Mm. And I, 
like I'm people are coming from all sorts of places and they're in their lives doing their thing. And I, I, I respect that. But if, if there's a group of people who take it so seriously that like they pay attention to the rubrics and they do all this stuff, then why would you want to change that? Hey, Thomas. I- so, so the other thing that like really hit me though, when I was reading the modem proprio and, and the letter as well, was this concept that Pope Francis seemed to think that the like Novus Ordo was just set in stone. Right. It was done. Like, no, they reject the Novus Ordo. Well, like to be fair, uh, not to be fair, but like to, to first point to push back on that. I've met several people who say the Novus Ordo is BS and that's not the real sacrifice, right? Sure. Yeah. You went far between, right? Like the Diamond Brothers or something, right? I guess it's not like, not your, your average, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, at some point, it was like three drinks ago. Um, the regular average, like TLM, um, like Sunday mass goer also goes to like the Novus Ordo during the rest of the mass. Um, and then they go, they go to the Novus Ordo through the rest of the week. Um, but the point being is that there's this thought of like, oh no, no, the Novus Ordo is finished. It's set. It's done. It's like, first of all, no, because all of a sudden you're turning into this rigidity that you claim the traditionalists have. I mean, like, don't you think the liturgy can evolve? You know, don't you think things can change? You maybe, maybe return the prayers at the foot of the altar yeah. like adjutorium nostrum and nomine domini like i will go to the altar of god god who brings joy to my youth don't you think we can bring that back maybe in english like don't you think we could bring that bring that you know the liturgy yeah. changes and evolves like and so there's this weird like a concept of like the rejection of the no sort and like so yeah like so one thing that i definitely think is true that that, that was true to an extent in in the modem proprio and the letter more so the letter is that a lot of people go to the traditional Latin mass, don't think the Novus Ordo is up to snuff. Yeah. And this is, again, it was part of the, the like, frustrating me is like a, a little bit out of touch is like, but why? Why is, why is the traditional Latin mass growing? Because, it, you know, Pope Francis, like, quasi admits it in the letter saying, like, and, and even Father James Martin, who was a, uh, he was even saying, um, how was he saying it? That, that like, this is the, the mass of, of Vatican II. But again, like, like the 1965 missile is that. Like, yeah. things, again, things can still evolve. And like, yes, a lot of people who are in the Latin mass say that, like, Novus Ordo isn't up to snuff. Okay, why? Yeah. Right? Like, ask the question, why? Why do so many people think that the... 1962 missile is better than the one promulgated after the council. Why is that? And it's like, because the liturgy is supposed to provide some sort of transcendence, yep. right? It's, it's, it certainly has to have an aspect of the people involved, but again, liturgy is a two way street. It has to be involved with both the people and God. And right now, if you want to make this argument and which I think is a little bit over the, like not over the top, but a little bit exaggerated um, traditional Latin mass focuses too much on God, quote unquote, and the Novus Ordo focuses way too much on, on us. Right. right. And that there, there has to be some sort of meeting point. Again, this is an exaggerated, you know, stereotyped description of both. Um, But I mean, again, I really, I honestly don't believe, I honestly, no, 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 I honestly believe that the Novus Ordo isn't done evolving yet. And when you're left with it, 
you're left if if what you're doing with this mono proprio is to essentially try to chomp down on the Latin mass, well, guess what? It's not going to affect sedeve contests because of the whole term sedeve contests. They don't give a shit about you. Like, like that, so it's not going to affect them. It's going to affect people who first and foremost love the mass. And if it affects them, they're not going to like, I'm not going to mass anymore. Like maybe there's like one or two out there who's going to go Eastern Orthodox. God pray for like, us. We should pray for them. They don't do such a thing, but like yep. generally it's going to affect people who first and foremost love the mass. Yep. And they're going to start going to Novus Ordos. And this is a point that um, Andrew made when I was talking to him about this. And it, this is his like million mile view, which who knows if it's right or not. But like, imagine all the young priests who will never get the chance to offer the Latin mass, not because their bishop doesn't want to, but because some stuffed suit in the, the curia doesn't let them because of how the, with whatever section it was that said like, Oh, if you're ordained after this, you can't, you have to like get special permission from the Vatican to do it. You know, like imagine all those priests quote unquote, taking out like their desire for traditionalism on the Novus Ordo, you know, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I can do this Novus Ordo if I want. Sure. Or if I can do this Adorantum if I want. Definitely. Oh, I can do the canon of the mass in Latin without any special special permission because that's that's what the Novus Ordo. Novus Ordo. Again, we keep on saying Novus Ordo as if it's like like English. Like no, Novus Ordo is Latin, right? Novus Ordo is specifically Latin. And we'll go catch like check a lexicon or something. Like oh, I can do this whole thing in Latin if I want to. Well, how hilarious would that be? Yeah. Well, you don't want me to say the traditional Latin mass? Fine. Fine. Susan from the parish council is going to have to listen to the entire canon of the mass in a language she doesn't understand. Eat it. <laughs> right? Like, like, so. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> I am actually really sad that that meme page is gone right now because that would have yeah. been, what a time to be alive if, if yeah. Susan from the parish council were alive. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, I just like, like, I'm, I'm frustrated and I'm mad about this. But like, I haven't given up hope on it because I don't think, here's the other thing is I don't think uh, traditional Latin masters give themselves enough credit um, in some ways is because I think in the, like in the back of their heads, they're like, oh, I'm just worshiping like the rest of my, you know, fellow Catholics have like back in the Catholics of the 1940s and 50s. Like, I don't know, dude, I kind of think like the Catholics of the 1940s and 50s, not to like shit on them or anything, but like, I don't like you went and sought out this mass. For a very specific reason, because you loved the mass and you thought this was the better way to worship. Yep. Catholics in the 40s and 50s did it because their their parents did it and their parents did it yep. because their grandparents did it and their grandparents did it because their parents did it. Yep. Right. That's why they did it. You went and you sought it out. Um, there's this interesting story. My grandmother said that like she heard overheard priests. This is before that account saying like bragging about how they could get a mass done in 15 minutes. Right. They can yeah. just rip through that Latin and not give a crap and just get done. Boom. Um, there is no TLM like priest who ever has that mentality. Like you're like, why? Like father, father, young trad. Why do you, why do you offer the mass in Latin? <laughs> Have you ever seen it get through in 15 minutes? Like it's yeah. never the response. It's yeah. never the response. If you want to get through, in, if you want to rip through it in 15 minutes, do a Novus Ordo, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do yeah. a TLM. That's not going to happen. Okay. Um, so yeah, I just like, so I just like, yeah, I'm, I'm very frustrated right here in the short term, but it's also kind of like, I mean, it's a different, it's a, it's a different, the, the, the parts of the church that are going to continue to go to mass and foster the vocations. Yeah. Like 
they're not going to suddenly stop going to mass because right. of this, right? They're going to still go to mass and grit their teeth and maybe put a little bit of pressure on, on their parish priest. Like, Hey, can we have some incense? Yeah. You know, have you thought about uttering into Like, have you, have you thought about Latin? Have you thought about chant? Maybe we could chant the Agnus Dei back like when we did in the, you know, and maybe we can't do the prayers at the foot of the altar. We can certainly, instead of saying, holy, ho, whatever weirdo mm. chanted, if we do, you know, yeah. sanctus, 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 dominus deus, uh, yes. right? Yeah. So, I mean, this would be ironic if in 30 years, this has made the Novus Ordo more, this, this whole thing of like cutting off the traditional Latin mass has made the Novus Ordo more tratty. That would be the most ironic thing in the world. Just, just put it would be the best possible. I mean, I don't know about best possible, but it would be a good outcome. Yeah. I mean, it would, uh, yeah, but I just, uh, and you know, I'm not an expert. So on give your expert opinion. And, but like, here's the thing. Here's hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This this is the thing. Not not like it. No, you, you sorry, beyond you finish in a moment. But I got to say, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but like this is the thing, and this is another thing that I think trads get like a little bit wrong sometimes. Is they think that the liturgy is the priests or the liturgy is the popes. It's 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 really not. Like yes, it is. Yeah. Insofar as they're Catholic and insofar as they have some amount of like authority over it. But like, mm-hmm. if you go to mass, that's your liturgy, right? right. That's part of your yep. culture. That's part of your tradition. That's part of your, that's even, that's part of your priesthood, yep. you know, in a real legitimate way, you going to mass is, is part of your priesthood, not in the same sacramental sense, but as yep. the nation of priests of the new Israel, like that, that really, yep. that's part of our heritage. So yep. But anyway, as not an expert on the liturgy, but as as a priest of the as a quote unquote priest of, of the liturgy in a very specific I, logical sense, I just I just look kind of just to wrap up my thoughts on this. I don't understand how you can look at all the good at places like Christendom, Darlington Diocese, mm-hmm. traditional Latin Mass, you know, parishes have done. Mm-hmm. The amount of vocations, the amount of work, the amount of um, treasure, um, the holding on to of tradition and magisterium that all these people have done. Mm-hmm. And then how you can look at that and then say, you know, I'm suspicious of you. We're going to put you in front of essentially an inquisition done by your bishop to make sure that you're in line with Vatican like nobody expects these. this isn't even like i don't even know i maybe i'm wrong but from what i understand this isn't even an inquisition or an investigation of just the priest this is like a parish-wide thing that they want to yep. look at yep so i can like if it was just like all right we want to make sure that the priests are you know not preaching false doctrine fine sure. that's you should be doing that anyways like you, you <laughs> can't have priests. Hey, there's like, like, parishes you want to check out. I got some. Got well, some. right. I mean, if we're going to do that, there's other things that we want to check. But if you, yeah, if you want to say, you know, we're concerned about priests preaching, you know, against the church from the pulpit. Let's, you know, take a look. Fine. So, but if you never heard, by the way, was that? Which I've never heard, by the way. Oh yeah, no, no, of course I've not. Never, no, never heard it. It's always a really no. solid sermon. 
Yep, always a solid sermon. The only time I hear people, uh, the only time I've heard people say anti-Catholic stuff is from Norris uh, Ordo priest who's having a bad day. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like his extra strength tile over his arthritis. <laughs> yeah, and he starts. I, you know, I, I've had. I, I mean, I, I don't want to be gossiping, but I've heard some really unfortunate homilies, either bashing the church or calling into question the validity of devotion to certain saints mm-hmm. or, you know, just things that you're like, what are you like? Why are you talking? Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. And it's never, look, never had a Latin mass, but yeah. the only times this happened is that a, it comes from a more libertine priest who feels like they need to insert their political opinions into the sermon. And uh, they, and it, I don't know if they feel like they're gaining more credibility among their more, you know, socially liberal prisoners or what, but that's the only time I've heard it. But so like I, why you would subject everybody to this and why you would kick that hornet's nest and what, and what, and let's, we haven't even touched the fact that he did this while Benedict was still alive. Yeah. And it's like the fact that they're, I mean, like, I think I said this to you, I have a feeling that this was in the works and they were hoping Benedict would pass away before it happened. Yeah, I think because Francis had his health scare and might be close to retirement, I think they wanted to get this done sooner rather than later. Yeah. So question, do you think Pope Francis resigns, not resigns, retires within the next year? Yep. Really? Even what if Benedict's still alive? I think it's possible. I think that there are better odds that he'll be gone by next Easter than not. I, I'd say it's like 51 50. I'd give more, a little bit more that he's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And that's just me. What like mm-hmm. knowing, like understanding kind of his pontificate, all the trouble that he's kind of in right now, the moves that he's making and his health problems. And I've heard some interesting analysis. It's be- like, it could be better for him to be a retired or a Pope emeritus Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't have all the responsibilities, but he has a lot of influence. Oh, and so it's so. I mean, that's not the way we want the papacy to go. No, but but Benedict kind of set this up where it's now kind of acceptable. Yeah, but the the thing that Benedict did is Benedict. The only thing I can remember that Benedict did, which was kind of calling into question what Francis is it at one point when he's giving a homily, he talks about the church being like in troubled waters. Yeah. Right. That's, and, and that could be interpreted like 5 million different ways. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't go, Oh, that's him slighting France. Maybe it was right. And who knows? Maybe it could, could be, could be not. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't think anyone in the Curia thought he was going to like live this long either. Benedict didn't either. <laughs> yeah exactly no 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 and seriously yeah. because he actually said that in an interview somebody asked him about it and he said honestly i did not expect it. he like he said wow. god has kept me here but i don't know why essentially wow like, that's crazy god he's 94 is he 94 i was wondering how old he is like it popped in the back man like how old is benedict i think he's 94 wow yeah crazy and you know i'm not saying that and then francis is what 84 right now i don't know I'll top my head, actually. I think um, he's, I'm going to guess he's... I can look it up. I'll, I'll pull that up, Jamie, one sec. Right. <laughs> pull, Jamie, talking. Peter said, talking to his alter ego, typing. 
<laughs> have you seen the um you're right he's 84 have you seen the um the memes of the joe rogan where he's talking you know he's talking to conor mcgregor after that yeah. he's like it didn't go the way you where you wanted to conor but has this changed the way that you've uh, you, you that you see whatever the fighter was like now everyone yeah. on the joe rogan subedit or subreddit has been editing joe rogan like standing next to like like julius caesar being like, this didn't go. This Senate session didn't go the way you imagined, Julius. But has this changed your opinion of Brutus or Cassius at all? <laughs> <laughs> or like a really bad one was like in the motorcade after JFK got shot. <laughs> it's it like it's got, like this. This car ride hasn't gone the way you imagined. It's gone, Mister President. <laughs> has this changed your opinion of the communists? <laughs> Which is kind of weird that you're like sticking a microphone in front of a dude who just broke his leg. Oh my gosh, yeah. Something, dude. Like I remember when yeah. I broke I broke my ankle playing baseball as a high schooler. But it was sticking a mic in my face. Like, get that get that shit out of here. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. The fact that Connor was able to sit there and talk shit after snapping his leg was actually pretty impressive. I have to say, I probably would have passed out. I would have been like Oh gosh, it looks that was an ugly break. But yeah, that everyone, looks so bad. Yeah, but yeah, no, no, everyone's been memeing it, like you know, famous, like oh yeah, like Napoleon, like so obviously Wellington didn't end up the way. You <laughs> <laughs> um, did you? Were you the one who sent me that thing about Joe Rogan being a, car, a con? <laughs> I have said that to so many people. That was the it's funniest so, thing. It's so true. He's like a mongol. So, so you tell you small man. You tell me about the deep magic of science. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is master at bow hunting and horse riding, but also wants to know why fire rises in the sky every morning. Will explain <laughs> this to Joe. It's like, but that's actually you know that's pretty not, accurate. Like, but then, then the funny part was the second part of the meme where it's like, where it's like, but recently con. Joe has been like questioning, but so you small man tell me this, but other previous small man tell me opposite or is, is you like current it? small man trying to, trying to bamboozle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He parades a line of slightly nervous scientists and magicians before him. <laughs> To, to explain it's true because you know what those scientists are all thinking like well this guy's kind of crazy and his ufc like whatever but like I, I, <laughs> but freaking dude freak dude like if like like two percent of the people who listen to this podcast go out and buy my book like i'm adding in a pool right like yeah, exactly doing so um oh my gosh that, funny. that whoever came up with that like they should win like a prize for like writing because that like that was one of the funniest things that like some of these really creative that was really funny. Oh, man. oh gosh well thomas i should probably okay. let you go it's getting oh it's not late too in the yeah, oh it's not too late what time is it in italian it's only nine it's only oh nine. that's not too bad. i got that's nine i got a i got a full bottle of wine be like yeah watch when like watch like in, in tw like 20 years from now all the like no sort of parishes are in latin joe rogan's like <laughs> pope francis is retired he's like so this wasn't this didn't end up how you expected pope francis but has it has it has it has it has it changed your opinion of cardinal burke at all <laughs> <laughs> are you going to respond to the dubia <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, it's like none of them are alive. Like okay, fine. Yeah. Um, it's curious, but so 
You know, we'll see. I mean, I I did put that on the record that we might have a new Pope by Easter next year, but I don't know. Obviously, I don't know for sure, but yeah. like, I'm kind of thinking it's possible. It's possible. I'm curious what will happen with – um. I like so. Here's let's put it this way: If Benedict was dead, I would yeah. think it's like altogether likely that he retires. And personally, I don't like as long as the retired pope doesn't start yelling and shooting his mouth over stuff with the current pope. Like personally, I it, like you're trying to run an organization with you know how many billions of Catholics, right? Or maybe it's only one billion. Of Catholics, I don't know, whatever, whatever the number is, sizable amount of Catholics, right? Like it's not a job for like a 90 year old. Yeah. Right. Who's half senile because then you have a bunch of stuffed cassocks in the curia running things. Right. And like the more I like hear about the things that people in the curia are up to, um, the more I'm like sympathetic to the profit that I'm reading for my, for my, for my dissertation in the 13th century. Right. Where he's just like everyone in the curia is an absolute snake. And he's just like, yeah, yeah they're all snakes and, and pederasts. Like, that's yeah. what, what do you want? What do you want? What, what else do you want? Like, that's just how it is. And like, yeah, the more I read this, I'm just like, I feel you, brother. I feel you. Yeah. Like, I feel you. Like, I, I get the new under the sun. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Nope. It's like you so, made the point of like after Vatican II, there's all these different things, Peter. But one thing you mentioned was embezzlement. I was like, eh, I don't know, Peter. That seems to be a venerable Roman tradition. All right. <laughs> embezzlement is a venerable Roman tradition. Right, let's, let's be clear about self-enrichment this. off the oh gosh. That's one thing that really, you know, when we have our conversations with our friends and, you know, I really appreciate the, you know, the points of view of everybody. I really do. And I think it helps me kind of calm down sometimes. Mm-hmm. But something that really is hard for me to like, be like, well, it is what it is, is corruption yeah. on that level. Embezzlement and criminal behavior is really hard for me to be like laughing. I'm like, oh, you know, Romans will be Romans. Like that kind of stuff. It's like, no, like that's, you know, if I was doing that, I'd go to jail for like 30 years in a federal prison. Yeah. You know, like it's, or maybe not quite 30, but you know, you'd go to federal prison for like fraud Yeah, and it's, just because they're in a cassock and they're in the Korea doesn't make it any less actually it makes it worse. Yeah. Because it's not even like they're stealing from the church. Yeah. It's, it's not even that you're stealing money from taxes. And here I'm going to have my little yeah. moment that are taken right. at the end of a rifle. You're, you're, yeah. you're taking money that people have thought that you are going to do the betterment of humanity with. And you're like, Ooh, no. Why don't I just invest in a highway in North Carolina? It doesn't freaking exist. Freaking do that, man. It was like, no, like people thought you were going to like, I don't know, feed the destitute with that money. Yeah. Right. Like right. I, I assume most of my income tax is wasted on pork. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I assume that. Sure. Right. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's the assumption. Um, but like well, when I, I write that check and put it in the basket. My thought is like, 98% of this is going to go to feeding a, like a poor kid. Yeah, exactly. Like, It'll like, get like a Cardinal, a Chianti every once in a while. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and it, yeah, with them, with the taxes, I assume it's going to be bullshit <laughs> wasted. Right. Like, but like with the, a free will offering is completely different. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's bad. I, I mean, and so I, you know, I hope that, if anything good comes out of the Francis pontificate, I hope that the reforms that he's made around like 
Vatican finances end up being good. Hopefully, Hopefully that is it's something that's that good. coming. It's good that it's coming to light. Yes, right? it's kind of and a punchline to an extent, but it's good that we're actually seeing these. Yep. And I mean, the fact that there is a former cardinal, or I don't know if he still is or not, but there's one of the guys who was in the Korea is now going to face trial for embezzlement. Yep. Like the fact that that's happening is a pretty big deal. But the, I mean, but between this, between and the Germans and everything else that's happened, like if you haven't, like I, I'll send you a link to it because I get a free link. Oh. Francis Rocco, uh, uh, is that his name? Was the Wall Street Journal guy? Wall Street Journal, okay. Vatican journalist, had a full, like full opinion piece, pretty long mm-hmm. about, and its title is, is. Pope Francis leading the church into schism. Mm-hmm. And this was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal online, and I think it's in the really? print edition as well. Like, I think that his legacy is in a, is in jeopardy right now. If we look back at other popes who were popes during schisms, these are not popes that were like, yeah, you, you know, he was a great pope. Like, you know, he really managed things well, and everything went really well. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, mm-hmm. and let's not, like, Yesterday, I, I think it was the Institute of Catholic Culture put this out, but they reminded everyone that yesterday was the anniversary of the Great Schism. Oh yeah, between the East and the West on July 16th. Mm-hmm. Like, like why? You did it on a Friday. You did it on an historical anniversary of great. Like, like is nobody thinking? Is that nobody like? Oh, maybe yeah. this would look yeah. bad. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the funny thing. Father Z pointed this out, and then I like looked into it myself because I know a little yeah, bit yeah. of Latin theoretically. But even yeah. the name of the document is a little tone deaf. Yeah, because it's it's yeah. traditionis, which is 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 the third declension um, genitive, so it's of it's the the possessive. Okay, and then custodies a uh, custodies. I believe, yeah. So it's the noun version. It's not the participle because you could, or not, it's not the um, the verb form. Um, yeah. It's the accusative plural, I believe, as far as I remember. Um, but custodias, like lit- the most literal meaning of it is custodian. And custodian is generally a neutral term. Sure. But you can take a positive connotation with it. You can have a negative connotation with it, right? You can have a positive connotation as a custodian of like, like Peter, you are a custodian of your family, right? That is a, that is a positive thing, right? Or you're a custodian of like a prison, (laughs) right? Like you can go either way with it. Like, right. You literally can. It's 50, 50, however you want to interpret the Latin, right? Um, so it's kind of funny because it could literally, it could like literally, you could translate this 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 modem proprio as the jailer of tradition if you wanted to. If you wanted to take that route with the Latin <laughs> in the most negative connotation, that translation is an option, and it would not be wrong, right? From a grammatical or or, or a lexicon or di- dictionary standpoint, you could literally translate it as the jailer of tradition. Like, <laughs> interesting that they chose not like. Jokes aside and bad Latin aside, it's interesting that they chose custodian and not steward or something that's yeah. more like in the Catholic or something. How often yeah. does like, how often do you hear custodian in like liturgical or like ecclesiastical? Like, oh, that's a good question. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm going to look for it now. Yeah. I mean, if it shows up and people see it, put it in the comments. Mm-hmm. But I, more often I hear 
the church use words like steward yeah. or things that are more this idea that you're going to help it grow. Because a custodian yeah. is someone who kind of keeps Guard. things guards, keeps yeah. it the same. It's you the awkward thing that it's like of tradition because it's 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 completely yeah. it's custodian is the accusative and genitive is the and the, the the tradition part is in the genitive so it's clearly going with custodian. Yeah. Um. So you have to link the two. You you grammatically yeah. have to by the Latin link those two. That okay. the tradition is whatever the noun is in the accusative is like that's yeah. what the genitive of tradition is going with. Um. But it's just weird that you're like seeing yourself as the custodian of tradition, again, in the most neutral sense of the word custodian, but you're saying to a group of people and to a people who, who, who prefer the mass in a certain way that you are the custodian of it by denying them it. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Yep. Right. Because it's like, I'm not going to deny that the Novus Ordo is not an extension or a branch or, you know, continuation of, of the Latin, right. Yep. But like, it's night and day, like it's night and day when you compare it to the, to the TLM. Oh yeah, totally. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's very different. Right. And again, I like deep down, my wish is that we could have something that wasn't the TLM and that wasn't the Novus Ordo, but that was some sort of like synthesis of the two leaning obviously more towards the TLM, but that could like, stay within the tradition of you know of the latin right but not just be this hippy dippy like this is our thing so we'll do whatever we want with it right oh my god we need like 20 extraordinary ministers for 25 people that's what we need that's what extraordinary means right it's like no it's not it's like my gosh (laughs) so it's just really awkward that they picked that that title for it. And even more awkward, and I didn't look into this as much, but Amoris Letitiate or whatever, whatever the exact the Latin ending is for that one. Um, apparently, I think it was Amoris. Yeah, no, 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 no. It was Amoris. It was, this is another Father Z point. Amoris generally, generally, generally means sexual love. Yeah. So... Like there's a legitimate translation for that for that encyclical being like the joys of sex. <laughs> Cause like there's there's different Latin has different words for love. Well, of course. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Could, like I, I never read I don't even what is Amoris Letizia even about? Like I haven't I'm I'm like I'm not I'm not Laudate C is the one about the environment and stuff like that. Right. I'm not sure right. what Amoris Laetitia is, but like if you wanted to do more like a filial love and like, I don't know, like liturgical or spiritual, you could do like caritatis, not Amoris. Amoris yeah. generally love between a man and a woman. So not like fraternal. So like life. I, I just quickly pulled it up. It's on on love in the family is kind of like its pur- is the purpose. Of okay, the, maybe then we'll make. Okay, maybe then that makes sense. Maybe that makes sense in that point. Okay, maybe we got a couple of maybe we got a couple of Latinites left and left in the Vatican. You know, yeah. one or two. I don't, know. I don't know. Who knows? I I, I don't think I, I. It's kind of weird. Um, I don't think we. I just. I'll be honest. I don't think we have many Latinites left in the. After Reginald Pole died, we're we're just gonna. 
we're kind of out to. It's it's an odd thing, you know. I think it's kind of funny because you know we're a universal church that spread throughout the entire world. But the problem with that is that what made the Latin Church Latin is not really present in its in its being anymore. Are you, are you, are, Peter? Are you claiming that the Latin language has languished in the Latin Church, like as? Well, I mean, even just, well, yes, I mean, that is, I mean, yeah, big claim. You wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. Right. But I, I'm just saying, like, you're saying there's no more Latinites in the Latin church. And it's like, yeah, like, even the, the Italians don't speak Latin. No. And sure as hell, nobody else speaks Latin. No. Like, you only get, like, a small group of scholars who are probably the ones who have to, like, translate documents for yeah. and they're, that's what they're paid to do. Yeah. The scary thing is, is I'm, like, Comparatively speaking to a lot of people in the Latin church, I'm good at Latin and that's scary because I'm not <laughs> right. Like I'm still, I still suck at it. Um, no, but like I was talking to my Greek Orthodox friend about this who doesn't know Greek. I uh, know he's American Orthodox, so he knows English. Um, yeah. But I, oh, who was it? It was like, there's a very big name in the, um, in the Vatican library who died. It wasn't, it wasn't Reginald Pohl. I forget who it was. It might have been Leonard Boyle. No, he was no, he died in weird circumstances. I forget who it was. It was a really important person um within the Latin church that people who were very much into medieval history knew because he just like knew Latin backwards and forwards and he could like speak it if he wanted to. Right? Like yeah. there's very few people. Mark Clark, who's at CUA, Mark Clark could speak Latin if he wants to. But he's at CUA and someone should get him a job at the Vatican because they need to have at least one person who's good at Latin in the Latin church, shall we say. Yes. Right. Um, but again, my American Orthodox friend is just like, dude, it's bullshit in your church. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit. My church like, none of your, none of your bishops know your liturgical language. It's bullshit. None of them can read Augustine in his original language. That's complete bullshit. He likes saying bullshit a lot. Um, and the F words, but I won't say that in my podcast. But like, yeah. it's, it's just like, but it's it's sad because, and I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's important. Like language is such an important aspect of identity, yeah. right? It's such like a crucial element of identity. And again, I don't expect people to be, you know, perfect scholars of latin right like i really don't because latin is just is a difficult language it sucks but like liturgical latin where you have pretty much like general set and you're not like okay like right. you just put like two c like if clauses in a row followed by a day clause and then with the subjunctive like i don't know what the hell you're doing here dude like you're yeah. like i'm reading this prophecy i'm like could you make this any more ambiguous? Like you couldn't if you tried, right? And you're just sitting there and like, I'm trying to sound like, I have no idea what you're doing. Like I'm, yeah. I've got a general idea. You're complaining about the Lombard communes being like festering, like places of heresy. But other than that, like I really can't like <laughs> suss out the nuances of your grammar here. Cause this is crazy. Yeah. But like Dominus Vibiscum is pretty straightforward. Right. Oh, yeah. Ed Coombe yeah. Spiritu Tuo is also pretty freaking straightforward. Like Ecclesiastical. It almost Latin. sounds like English. Like, <laughs> Ecclesiastical Latin, like Agnus Dei, Quitolis Peccata Mundi is like pretty straightforward. And you don't have to be like, you literally like look at your Latin and be like, okay, Agnus Dei. And you look at the other side and you're like, oh, Lamb of God. That I must mean <laughs> the genitive, which means it's an of. 
oh, oh, oh. like it's it's like yeah. the liturgical part of it is not that difficult. Oh no, not at all. And yeah. it's like it's not like we're yeah. like we're it's not like people are going through and like making radical changes and to the Latin, right? It's it's like you can you can figure this out if you spend ten minutes on it, right? So Yep. No, I mean, it's just, it's like, again, language is so important to identity and not having that focus on Latin in the Latin church. It's, it's just, it's just not, it's just not a good way to, it's just not a good way to foster the well, unity of, of the Latin church is not to have some sort yeah. of, some, some sort of thing where like that you and me and everyone else between here and Rome and Mexico city and Quebec can understand right okay. to some extent maybe not perfectly but we can all get dominus vibiscum and then there's like 30 different responses yeah at cum spiritu duo so yeah that's my sure. that's my pro rant even though i don't really like the language well i think it's a, a good rant and i think um we'll see what happens i i uh got a message from my parish and it looks like it said without it without addressing what's going on they do this weekly email mm -hmm. and um the, the first line was you know let's not allow the troubles in the world and in the church to disturb our inner peace and i'm like okay so they they're saying it without saying it um and then you had to scroll down to the portion about like the weekly schedule and just one line it says there is no change in 2 a.m the 2 p.m mass <laughs> which so, is the latin mass which is the latin mass so there's no change this week to the latin mass yeah. so this is that's good the complete stupidity of of pope francis saying not the complete but the, the yeah. dumbness of him saying it goes into effect now it's like yeah, yeah well nobody's going to like figure this out like in 48 hours so everyone's going to say okay we know it's in effect but everything just do as you're you've been told for like at least another week yeah I mean, yeah, the chancellors have to give They have to have an opportunity. Like, you can't kick a group of fraternity priests out of a diocese in 48 hours. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you're going to do, I mean, you and you can't, um, yeah, and you can't, like, and, yeah, like, on a Saturday, you're going to change everything. No, it's ridiculous, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Right. Well, um, I got one. Not really a shout out, but um, I went to the um, tomb of, of Carlo Acutis today. The, um, yes. the, um, the Italian, he's blessed right now. Mm -hmm. And it was just weird thinking like, dude, like he's like, would be essentially be our age. Yeah. If he had lived, he would essentially be our age right now. Wow. He, he would know how to use Zoom. He'd know how to use Facebook. He would just even probably better than us because, okay. you know, for all my you know, I just like kind of have an idea of how to use a computer, but he was like setting up a website for Eucharistic miracles. Um, so as I was able to go to his tomb, I went a couple of days ago, but this, like, I really realized it and like looked him up a little bit and like realized the kind of the gravitas of it. Um, I was able to his tomb and, and prayed for him and I'll pray for all of you guys listening. So next time I go, I'll, I'll go, I'll make sure I listen. I pray for everyone there, but um, no, it's just, it was just really interesting thing. Like, you know, there are saints at every time and at every moment, and it's it's always the best of times. It's always the worst of times. Right? Right. Sometimes it's maybe good. Sometimes it may be shit, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's just sometimes it's yep. both, right? Yep. Um, and just, I don't know, like, when you think about what, and, and so they have some kind of cardboard cutouts of him 
around that church. And it's always next to him with a monstrance, right? And because he had a huge devotion to the Eucharist and mm-hmm. Eucharistic adoration and things like that. It's like, you know, we need St. Francis who had that apostolic zeal of like, go get them and like live like Christ and live like the disciples and live like the apostles Um, mixed with, you know, Carlo Acutis or blessed Carlos Acutis um, just view of just like the importance of going to daily mass and like whatever form it is, right? Like the mass is the mass and the Eucharist is the Eucharist and it it bestows graces upon those who receive worthily Um, and just not to, I don't know, not to lose faith on that and just realize that like, that's the main thing. Like, yeah, like this can, this is a trial and tribulation, but, um, you know, in the old Testament, as we've been going through with father Mike Schmitz, like there's a lot of Kings of Judah <laughs> who just didn't have it together liturgically. <laughs> and, and yeah. just, like, you know, things, things yeah. work out. Yeah, they do. That's very good. So, yeah. Um, St. Francis and blessed Carlos Acutis or a pronobis mm-hmm. and say a prayer for all the, all the, We've been upset with the Pope and a couple of priests. So say some, say some, pray for everybody, pray for them all, pray for them all. Um, Anyway, you got anything last minutes here or Uh, just keep up the good fight and uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Been real. Cheers. Cheers.